Gratitude allows us to rewire our brains. It's a powerful thing, but it also explains why we have to be intentional about gratitude because it doesn't come naturally to us. Welcome to season two of Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Owen Fleets. How are you doing on your New Year's intentions? If you're like me, you know how hard it is to adopt and apply new mindsets into your daily lives. But here's an idea. Develop an attitude of gratitude to kick off your new year, to feel better about yourself and the world around you. In this episode, we'll explore how gratitude scientifically improves our happiness. But first, we have gratitude for our listeners like Daryl, who writes, This was an awesome podcast. Our frontline teams would benefit from listening to it. It's so uplifting. Thank you, Daryl. Your message is uplifting as well. So keep those comments coming. Let's dive right into this episode. Joining us is Cosette Tylek, recently retired National Mental Health and Wellness at Kaiser Permanente. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, Cosette. Oh gosh, Carrie, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited for this conversation. So Cosette, you spent 24 years at Kaiser Permanente. Wow, what an amazing ride. I did. And it was a gift in my life. And the work was extremely meaningful. The reason I was there 24 years was really the caring people of Kaiser Permanente, people that really work with integrity. I could not agree more, even though I've only got to a little over two years at this point in time, but I'm shooting for 24 like you. So as a passionate believer in gratitude, you make a connection between nature and gratitude. Tell us about it. Nature really teaches me. And, you know, for me, nature is my church and walking in nature is my prayer. A few days ago, when the rain finally lifted, my husband, Scott, and I, we walked down to the Albany seashore and all of a sudden we turned a corner and there was this five foot tall blue heron just standing about 10 feet from us. And it was such a surprise gift. And one of the gratitude practices I have is to notice the qualities and the behaviors of wild animals when I see them in the world because I think they really help us understand some teachings for our own life. So we watched him quietly and he was just very stately and very intentional about everything he was doing. And so I really took in that he was teaching me the importance of slowing down, being very deliberate like he was with every one of his movements and steps. And then I just took a moment to thank him for those gifts. Oh, that's beautiful. I could not agree more related to nature through all of the rains that Northern California has really struggled through. I think it's so important to acknowledge our frontline workers who, while coming out of the toughest years of the pandemic, are still processing so much grief. You know, the process of integrating grief and loss takes time, a long time. And our frontline nurses and caregivers are still mourning the loss of family and friends and the way their lives have changed, their work lives have changed too. So I think it's really important we remind each other to continue to focus on strong self-care. It's maybe the crisis part of the pandemic has passed, but we're still healing. That's so rightly said. 
And speaking of healing and, you know, feeling good, showing gratitude makes the recipient feel good, but there's also a positive health benefit for the person who's giving gratitude, right? Absolutely. You know, I think one of the things that's interesting is when we practice gratitude, our bodies really release great hormones, dopamine and serotonin, and and those are really our feel-good things that allow us to reduce stress and to feel better. And also our bodies naturally notice and record the negative because it's been an important survival function for us at one time, a long time ago. But mostly today, that wiring really just makes us feel unhappy and anxious. So gratitude is something that allows us to kind of rewire our brains. It's a powerful thing, but it also explains why we have to be intentional about gratitude because it's really normal that it doesn't come naturally to us. Right, and it's so hard to sustain. I have a gratitude journal and I think it's something that's so incredibly beneficial for just setting the mindset for the day. And also at the end of the day, just to reflect and be grateful for what happened during the day. But speaking transparently, it's hard to sustain that mindset of gratitude. Why is it so hard sometimes? I think because it is not the natural way that we are wired. That's why we call it a gratitude practice, because it's something that we have to work at to become more proficient. And I think that having ways that you're like you mentioned, having a journal or a way that you do it in a a standard way can be really helpful. I know one point I noticed I was leaving the office, driving home, and I was ticking off all of the things mentally that I didn't get done that day. And so I just decided to have a deliberate practice that I would instead be taking off the things I did get done and the ways that I was helpful to others, the ways that I eased suffering or brought joy. And oh my gosh, I would walk in the door when I got home from work feeling really good and ready to greet my family and in a different space. So just using that driving time, finding an easy way to do it and making a deliberate practice really helps. Oh, I love that story. As we're starting the new year and people talk about their New Year's resolutions, I love your comment on just being intentional, kind of like that blue heron that you talked about at the very beginning, just making sure that you talk about having practices. I'm just going to pause for a second because my puppy is in my office (laughs) and he just grabbed the trash. (laughs) I'll be right back. So cute. No. I got a new puppy. Oh my goodness. You behave. Well, we know that having animals in our lives just helps us release all kinds of feel-good chemicals into our bodies and our brains. And we are people of connection, connecting with other people, connecting with pets. It's comforting. It actually does things to us physiologically that releases stress. So just right now when Carrie's puppy walked in, you know, she started smiling and laughing. It made me smile and laugh. These are the joyful things that can really add to our lives. And the fact that we can pet our dog or cat and hold them and cuddle, you know, we get all that good oxytocin that gets released. And these things can be really helpful, especially, you know, when we've had a stressful day and we need to feel good. I also thought it would be good to bring in other voices to the episode. So we asked Lisa Shilby, an acute care chaplain at KP San Francisco Medical Center and guest from episode two, and asked her what gratitude means to her. 
Gratitude is a spiritual practice that can be done anytime, wherever you are. Last weekend, I was driving in the rain when a rainbow appeared. I was immediately filled with gratitude for this gift of beauty. Rainbows always remind me of hope and bring a sense of peace and reassurance to my heart. We know rain will fall in all of our lives. The storms will come and go. Gratitude is the ability to choose where we want to put our focus. We get to choose to notice the good things that are happening around us at any time, wherever we are. Here's what I love about what Lisa just said. We get to choose to notice the good things that are happening and turn our focus to them. This doesn't mean that when we're practicing gratitude that we are ignoring our feelings or glossing over the difficult things. My adult son was recently diagnosed with adult onset diabetes, type 1 diabetes. And, oh gosh, I initially felt so sad. You know, it's really a life-changing diagnosis and not what I wanted for him. But after feeling those feelings and having a good cry, I was able to switch to being really grateful, especially feeling grateful that he is a Kaiser Permanente member and that he has a whole team of people in his court helping him to manage this chronic condition and for his ability to obtain medicine and to access electronic devices to help him and his care team to track his blood sugar and live a healthy life. Oh, that's just beautiful. And Cassette, thank you so much for sharing your son's story. And I'm so thankful he's also a KP member. And thank you also for reminding me and all of our listeners that sometimes we take for granted the beauty of our integrated system and how it's so challenging in other parts of the country, but also beyond in other countries that don't have the advances that we do in the United States to keep your son healthy. It's really a gift. As we start the new year, show your appreciation for your colleagues and recognize the many ways they contribute to Kaiser Permanente's success. A wonderful way is to send NCAL Kudos e-cards and certificates by visiting hrconnect slash performance slash NCAL Kudos. Now back to our conversation. We also have the world's leading scientific expert on gratitude right here in our backyard. Dr. Robert Emmons is a professor of psychology at UC Davis, and he says there are three stages of gratitude. First, recognizing that we are grateful. Second, acknowledging it. And third, appreciating it. It seems simple, Cassette. Is it really that simple? Maybe simple, but not always easy. Yeah. The simple part is right. These are not difficult steps, but it's what you mentioned earlier is just having that mindset that we're going to do it as a deliberate practice. And I would say these things that I'm talking about are things that I chose to practice. I'm wondering if you could provide any practical ways to bring gratitude into your daily life. One of the things I do is I really use birthdays as an opportunity to express appreciation. You know, we all gotten the birthday card from someone that says, oh, I hope you have a wonderful year going forward, which is nice, but it's more powerful if you get a card that is expressing appreciation for you. And so when I write a birthday card, I really sit down and think about that person. I think about their qualities and then I use those qualities in that card to say, I am grateful that I have you in my life 
And expressing that in terms of adjectives is really important. Like, I appreciate your kindness and your caring, that you're fun, (laughs) the ways that you bring joy to me. That really allows people to be seen and feel really known. Mm. One of my other daily practices is to thank my spouse on a regular basis to show what we call appreciations. We have a daily practice, my husband Scott and I, where we express gratitude to each other. And again, it's not like, oh, thank you for taking out the trash. But it's really about saying, thank you for your thoughtfulness and your consistency in making sure that the trash gets taken out. You know, that noticing those qualities that the person is bringing. So those are a couple of the practices that I do on a regular basis. When the kids were growing up, we did a lot of sticky notes, leaving sticky notes for each other around the house, or I'd um, put a sticky note in their lunch, expressing some kind of gratitude. And, you know, think about the power of that. You know, it takes you seconds to write a sticky note and put it in someone's lunch or, you know, stick it on a book that they're going to open at school. I love that. I think you've gone from marriage therapy (laughs) to child psychology. And I also think what you're saying, we have work spouses. We kind of joke around the people that you spend a lot of time with at at work. And I could see how you could apply that same practice with them as well and building up a bank of goodwill. What a wonderful surprise to get a sticky note on maybe somebody's computer as they're coming in to work and a little unexpected note of appreciation. They did a study that showed that people who got a quick note of appreciation from someone that they were working with, a coworker, when they asked those people how it made them feel, they said things like ecstatic. And they rated that experience as a four or five out of five. So I think those little moments of gratitude are really more powerful than we even think. I love that scientific evidence to kind of back up the feelings that we get. We also asked Reverend Jürgen Schwing, Director of Spiritual Care at Kaiser Permanente Diablo Service Area and guest from Episode 2, what gratitude means to him. When my kids were little, I taught them to say please and thank you, mostly because my parents taught me to say please and thank you. Since then, however, I've become even more intentional about the deeper meaning of gratitude. As a chaplain, I often have the privilege of being with families at the bedside after they have lost a loved one. One question I very often ask is if your loved one could still talk what they were grateful for in this life. And this often leads to a heartfelt and deeply meaningful conversation. They will say things like they were so grateful for their husband or wife or partner. They loved spending time with their children or grandchildren. They were so happy spending time in their garden. Gratitude for me is a doorway into deeper connection and into a more meaningful life. That was beautiful, Jürgen, and so great to hear your voice again and how often you use gratitude in your practice. One of the things I really liked about what he shared was how he worked with his children. And if you think about really wanting to rewire our brains, knowing that we have this kind of wired in negativity bias. One of the really easy and such fun practice that I used to do every day with my kids when we were tucking them in at night is to really say, tell me about your worst part of the day and tell me about your best part of the day. It really ended the day with them talking about something positive. And often the negative came right away. 
well, somebody pushed me or made fun of me or I didn't get the grade I wanted on a test. But then they'd have to think a minute about what worked today and what went well. And you could see the good feelings, the moments of pride and joy and happiness when they were able to recount those. So that was a great practice that we did with our kids every day that sent them to bed on a positive note. I had the wonderful privilege of being at your retirement party. And I remember hearing from your kids directly and they're expressing their gratitude for you being their mom. So you can see that that cycle of gratitude that you started so early on with them is coming back to roost. And I'm sure that is a practice that they will have with their children as well. So what a beautiful tradition. And actually, I think it was your idea that maybe got me started doing that with my kids too at the dinner table. So I always ask them, what was the best part of your day? And definitely get the chagrin, kind of, oh gosh, not this question again. (laughs) But then now they come to expect it. It's love ritual. It's a really holding thing. What a wonderful ritual that you've started with them. I end each podcast episode asking the same question of all of our guests. What one piece of advice would you give our team to heal and to rebound from the past three plus years? For me, that would be to cultivate self-compassion, to just love yourself every day like you would a dear friend. Thank yourself for what you've contributed. Notice the ways that you helped, the ways that you relieved suffering, the ways that you brought joy. It's so easy for our brains to go to all of those negative things and the to-do list, and it really doesn't nurture us. So ways that you can develop self-compassion, put those arms around yourself and give yourself that big hug, get that massage, go for acupuncture, take that walk that really is soothing to you, watch a funny movie, laugh with a friend. These things sustain us. So I would say really could to cultivate self-love. I'd like to really thank Cassette Tylek, recently retired leader of National Mental Health and Wellness at Kaiser Permanente. It has been wonderful, Cassette. Thank you, Carrie. This podcast is one of many resources to support your well-being. Go to our show notes where you'll find a list of proven health benefits of gratitude. Cassette's practical tips on gratitude and a link to a short inspirational video from Dr. Emmons on the three powers of gratitude. Also in our show notes, you'll find a link to self-help apps we offer to KP employees who are also members. I started this episode reading a comment from a listener and I'd like to invite you to share what's on your mind. Ask a question or suggest a topic or guest. Send it to livewellandthrive at kp.org. And whether you're listening on your commute or during a down moment, keep those comments coming. And of course, I'd like to thank you, our listener, for tuning in to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente, wishing you a happy and healthy new year filled with joy and above all else, gratitude. I'm Carrie Owen Fleets, and we'll see you next time.